Welcome to the True Creator Podcast. I'm Allison Holly, intuitive guide, channel, and sacred sexuality coach. I'm also the author of the book, The Era of the True Creator. Each week, and with each new episode, I'll be sharing what it means to be a true creator, exploring the full spectrum of our multidimensional selves through a variety of topics, from the very human to the highly cosmic. If you are awakening and expanding into your multidimensional self, this is your place. Hello, true creators, and welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited. I have a wonderful guest for you today. Their name is Vanessa Murchie. Vanessa is a non-binary mystic and artist and a starseed with lots of beautiful powers and gifts. And I am so excited to have you here. Thanks for being here, Vanessa. Thank you so much, Allison. I'm so excited to be on. I'm excited to talk about all the different levels of connection that you and I have, the things that you're sharing with the world. I feel such a resonance with Um, you as a being. I know we just met, but I feel a resonance with you. And I'm very excited to introduce you to the people who are listening to this podcast and um, all the things you do, especially the Akashic Records readings, uh, because that is an area where I've had people ask questions specifically um, in my uh, True Creator membership community, and then also human design, because I just love it. So I'm giving everybody a sneak peek of what we're going to be talking about today. But um, first, let's dive into, maybe you could share a little bit about who you are, just kind of um, an overview about, you know, being a starseed and things like that. Yeah, that's a great starting point. So I'm the founder of a wave of light where I offer Akashic record readings, um, intuitive human design readings that combine your Akashic records with human design, um, as well as 13th octave Lahochi energy healing. That's a starseed uh, modality as well. It was practiced in Atlantis and Lemuria by the Palladians. So and can you say that again? 13 yeah. octaves. Lahochi. Lahochi. Okay. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> I'm going to take I a like- note of that. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Lahochi means uh, the movement of light into the body at the speed of love. So it's very heart centered um, and it really can assist us in our remembering journey. So I offer that. And I offer intergalactic soul retrieval journeys. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically a summarized version of my story was that I received an ancestral calling. Mm -hmm. And that's really how I embarked on this. I heard my ancestors very loudly, (laughs) very clearly. And I was asked to surrender in a big way to who I thought I was, um, where I thought my life was going. Just to give uh, your listeners context, I'm Australian and Kenyan, um, and my great-grandmother on my Kenyan side was a medicine woman. So being called into this is a part of my lineage, and I'm very grateful to be able to do this for my ancestors. I love that. I love that you're connected to your earth lineage as well as your starseed lineage. That's really beautiful. 
and that you're kind of working with all of that together and your offerings sound really beautiful. I love that. So um, can you tell us a little bit more, maybe dive a little bit more into um, what that awakening process was, that remembering process? Mm, Yeah. So for me, it really came through in dreams. I would say till today, uh, my ancestors primarily communicate to me through dreams. And I began having these dreams um, that were frightening, that were upsetting to me as well. And I remember I started this practice of journaling where I knew that there was something that I didn't understand, that I had repressed, that I had pushed aside, that was coming forward. Mm -hmm. And I essentially began writing every day and saying, I choose to remember. I'm ready. I'm willing now to remember. Um, And shortly after that, I had this experience of the ancestral calling, which really felt like an out-of-body experience where I heard my ancestors saying, this is what you're supposed to do. And this is your path now. And it scared the hell out of me, frankly. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing subtle. (laughs) Yeah, I was really shaken by it. I couldn't believe it. Um, And I knew that this wasn't something that I could turn away from. And I started to experiment with how I could honor what I was being moved towards while being away from my lineage. I was in South Africa at the time. It's not like I was in Kenya or I was in Australia. So it wasn't, and I don't think anybody or few of us really have that opportunity to work with somebody directly like an elder, which is what normally would have happened when you receive a shamanic calling. I did find somebody when I was in China, who's like a South African Sangoma. I was able to do my Earth Keeper certificate with her, and she was able to confirm that I had received an ancestral calling. She's also quite serious with me about like the responsibility of it. And I was like, okay, well, thank you. I needed to be in touch with an elder like that. Um, And I've been honoring it ever since and shortly after that I started to do Reiki I went through the master training I was receiving a lot of downloads and messages when I was doing Reiki um, particularly around blindness Hmm. Um, what for what most people might not know is that like when you receive a shamanic calling if you don't answer it you fall prey to like this mysterious illness Mm. um and this is across cultures and traditions around the world that really can't be cured with a western medical system because it's a spiritual ailment essentially Mm. um and when i received my calling my ancestral calling they told me if um to go back would be to lose my sight i would go blind Wow. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, this <laughs> you have a choice, but do you? Right. And it was just, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, okay. And I would have these Reiki sessions where I'd give myself Reiki for like an hour. And after the session, um, I would not be able to see for like up to like five minutes. I would just kind of wait there. Um, mm. And 
being like, okay, not in this life. And I had had many dreams of not being able to see. Mm. So I felt like I was healing that as well. Um, that blindness essentially. Wow. Wow. It's beautiful. And I love, uh, touching on the fact that the healing and the holing that we do in this lifetime Mm. goes back all generations, all timelines. It creates that quantum ripple effect. So I love that. And wow, that's really fascinating. So you, you jumped on the train and did you feel were you excited about your path or were you mostly like, what is going on? And I feel like I have to do this. Was it both? <laughs> both? I would definitely say it was a bit of both. Okay. I was like, oh no, God, <laughs> uh, like my head's of a, yeah, it's too much. Like this is a lot for me. I also mm-hmm. felt like this deep longing, I think as somebody yeah. who's just like mixed race and, you know, like non-binary and I've lived pretty much my entire life overseas. So like, I'm like a third culture kid. kid. I grew yeah. up overseas. Yes. I just felt like this massive longing for mm-hmm. a way of life that I hadn't known in this incarnation where yeah. I could have had that community. I could have had that um, access to an elder that I could apprentice under. Um, I think that as it's, evolved I've seen myself as an apprentice and initiate of the wind I have this very unique relationship with the wind so that's felt really good and I even uh I think a couple of weeks ago that was confirmed in my Mayan astrology too which is like white crystal wind it's like my whole journey I was like I knew it this is this is about the wind like so that's my ultimate teacher Um, And that's felt really good to lean into. And I've had very interesting experiences with that medicine. Really beautiful, really interesting. Well, your journey sounds so interesting. I'd love to also have you share about being non-binary and how that plays into your current lifetime. And um, I also just think that, you know, people listening to this podcast are, so interested in learning more about that in general. So anything you'd like to share? Yeah. So I think what's really beautiful about being non-binary is that it's such a multidimensional experience for anybody who may use that label to identify themselves with. Um, Saying that you're non-binary is not saying what you are, it's saying what you want. And I feel like that leads me into a deeper relationship with mystery. Mm -hmm. Um, And we can be so enthralled with the world outside of us and what we don't know. And I would really um, ask people to question that mystery that they don't know within. Mm -hmm. Um, And how can we begin to build companionship with the unknown and release this idea of uh, um, things being fixed, things being linear. Uh, Being non-binary for me is also challenging gender norms. It's challenging um, who I've been told I need to be, have to be, should be. And I feel that whether somebody's non-binary or not, um, whether they identify as a woman or a man, these um, 
the social construct of gender constrains us from mm -hmm. all that we are. Um, and it, in exploring your gender, you can explore parts of yourself that have maybe atrophied because you weren't allowed to be sensitive if you were a man or you weren't allowed to be strong if you were a woman, whatever it may be for you. Um, and I think that just allows us to be more of who we are. Yes, I love that. I adore it. I, I find it to be um, our evolution. It's part mm. of our movement forward to really move out of those boxes, you know, like you said, whether you feel connected to that, uh, title or, um, you know, saying that you're non-binary or whatever it is that you feel, mm -hmm. you know, whether you feel connected to that or not questioning those boxes, mm -hmm. it's always a good idea. Removing ourselves from those boxes so much freedom in that. So thank you for sharing about that. I really love that and appreciate that. Yeah. So now I'd love to dive into some of the work that you do because I find it so, um, you have a lot of really uh, new, even new for me, things that I'd love to explore and also the things that I have already explored um, for example, uh, the Akashic Records and Human Design. So can you just dive into some of the, some of the work or play that you do, the sessions mm -hmm. and just kind of how you live your purpose in this, in this reality mm, yeah. <laughs> or in this world, maybe other realities as well. <laughs> right. Because there's so many. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think for me, I have this um, appreciation of multiplicity and multiplicity as oneness instead of this homogenous outlook on life. I think we really think we can fall prey to an illusion of oneness as sameness. And that's really not what it is. Just look to nature and you'll see diversity is a part of our experience here. And I definitely see nature as my mentor in that way. Um, but yeah, I offer, when I'm really working with anybody, I am interested in building a compassionate system of care. I'm exploring what caring um, for, caring about, and caring with can look like, as well as cultivating loving awareness and bringing that framework into the modality that I'm offering, um, whether that's an Akashic record reading, whether that's an energy healing, like the 13th octave Lahochi, that's essentially what I find um, I see as a foundation of my work, uh, as a form of care work, really. Mm. And can you dive more into that care? Um, you know, who, who is it that's coming to you? What are you seeing? Yeah. Why is that are important? Yeah. I feel like we have, I read this year a book called The Care Manifesto that I highly recommend people checking out, but it just describes on different levels, um, like a community level, a systematic level, government level, how we have seen the effects of carelessness reign in our world. 
And I feel like care for me is so essential because it's saying that it's not far and first to care. It's actually the most natural thing in the world to do. And how can we honor that? Really beautiful, really beautiful. So this is a part of us moving into that oneness that you're describing. Mm -hmm. And I love that because I also wrote the same thing in my book. I have, I received a download. Oneness is not this, uh, all of us being the same. It's not a homogenization. Mm. It's all of us moving into that, more of ourself, our higher self and being very individual. So I love that you pointed that out. And I'm going to read that book, The Care Manifesto. I love mm. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really bringing that care in because, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, something that I think uh, that I've witnessed in other people and myself is wondering how to move forward. And I've actually received this question when I'm channeling. Okay, so we're moving into sovereignty. How do we not become, you know, uncaring people and without really experiencing that frequency of what it feels like, you know, and you, you feel it. And, you know, when I go into channeling, I feel it where it makes perfect sense that we're going to be caring and totally sovereign and completely interconnected and independent without really feeling that it's very confusing for people. So I love that you brought that up. Um, and it makes me want to dive back into that. Yeah, so. I hear you. I feel like it's also honoring our interdependence. Mm. I think that there's so the way that we experience life can vary in so many different degrees and it can create an illusion of separateness um and it really is an illusion um we are in relationship with everything around us with mm. our body with our water with what we eat with what we watch so i think adding care to that is building an intentional reciprocity so that we can discern how we're giving and how we're receiving mm not necessarily great for podcasts, but a lot of times when I'm listening to someone, I like to just feel it. <laughs> so I have long pauses. I'm just feeling what you say. And I, I appreciate mm -hmm. it. Mm. The reciprocity. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you. All right. So Akashic record reading. Can you share more about that? And, and the, the combination of that with human design. And if you could just mm. Um, depending on who's listening to this, they may have never heard of both of these modalities. True. So I'd love for you to give a real um, overview of it, and then we can get into the detail of how it works for you. Yeah, so um, starting with the Akashic Records, people describe them in different ways. So some people describe them as like this infinite library of information. Other people have described it as a cloud um that's just up there in the ethers akasha is the sanskrit word for ether but basically it's a space where everything that has happened will happen um is happening now can be accessed 
And the Akashic records are really beautiful um, because your record keepers provide you information that you are willing, ready, and able to hear. So they're not here to push you beyond your capacity in any way. And they operate within truth and love. So your Akashic records would only, um, your keepers, they would only provide you information that would be anchored in truth and in love. Um, so that's just on Akasha. And then with the intuitive human design readings, I'll combine them and human design for people who don't know. It's an integration of ancient wisdom practices. So astrology, the Kabbalah, I Ching, um, the chakra system as well. And it takes all of that and it provides you with your energy type. There's five energy types. Um, and it's basically, they call it the science of differentiation. So it's really moving against that homogenous outlook that we were chatting about um, and honoring that actually your mind isn't your authority. Your mind is this beautiful gift and it can help you observe so much, but it shouldn't be making your decisions. Yeah. You've got other things <laughs> that can help you make decisions. <laughs> It's like using only one muscle is what I like to say. Hey, mine's not supposed to be in charge. It's got its own role. I love right? that. Yeah, <laughs> no, that sounds really good. And um, when I'm combining the two of them, because I feel like human design, um, what I've noticed anyway through feedback is that people can feel overwhelmed by the jargon. Mm. I think that the jargon is there intentionally I like to joke that I think human design is a riddle mm. and that's why they call it an experiment you're not supposed to take it on face value and say this is it you're actually supposed to go out and play and explore and be uh, curious so wonderful I've never heard that perspective and it makes so much sense because that is the new frontier is not having things in boxes and really being curious and playful and knowing that yes everything's the truth and nothing here we go where can we go with that right <laughs> so, so beautiful I love that it's described as an experiment that makes me love that uh modality even more yeah and I love what you said too like everything's the truth and nothing because it makes me think about like thinking holographically, imagining imagining yourself as a hologram and how does that uh, change your perspective? How does it feel to hold a paradox to say yes and? Um, so I think that that's really beautiful. And when I'm combining the two of them together, I'm looking at somebody's chart and I'm letting their Akashic Record keepers provide information on that. Uh, people, when they start human design, they speak about the deconditioning journey, which is actually like seven years mm -hmm. because that's how long it takes for most of the cells in your body to be replaced. Mm -hmm. um, and to assist people in their deconditioning journey, I'm looking at their divine blueprint with their record keepers and providing information information in a way that would really resonate with their soul beyond mm -hmm. the jargon of human design to mm -hmm. understand why would you come in with a blueprint like this what do they want to let you know about your strategy and authority any resistance or interferences that are coming up are they past lives are they subliminal programs how can you release that so yeah that's how I'm combining the two of them together I love that 
So what it sounds like to me is almost that you're a translator of multiple different systems to help someone understand why something is happening right now and how they can move through it in accordance with what their blueprint, what their design is. Mm, that is so eloquently said. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I'm patting myself on the back. <laughs> you can't see. <laughs> yeah, I really feel that translation that you provide. All of that being said, what, what joy do you find in this? What is your favorite aspect of what you're currently doing? And what are you, are you uh, transitioning into more of or anything like that? Kind of how is this flowing with your life right now? Mm, I love that question. So I feel like the joy that it brings me um, when you asked me that, what came forward was a vision I received of a version of myself as this mer person um, and they led me underwater and I went underwater and when I came back up I had a garment of keys mm. and I was told that these weren't my keys so I feel like the joy that I have is to give something to someone um, that will unlock what I will never know mm. um, and to feel that that tenderness that it opens up within myself of what I have yet to know about myself and like my life and um, just how much it can evolve uh, and shape shift mm -hmm. depending on the location that I'm in because I travel quite a bit. Um, and I would say that I'm excited. So just to give for anybody who does have context of like human design, I'm a manifester. Yes. So I'm excited in terms of uh, the future, because I think about the eternal now a lot. And that's the past, the present and the future existing simultaneously. I've been doing a lot of uh, meditations where I've been embracing my future self and integrating them into me as I am mm. now and I'm excited for that version of me to integrate in ways beyond my imagination so that I can feel even more connected uh, locate the connectors between me places um, and people that I previously have known mm really, really beautiful. I love that. I love how you live in the mystery. You live in the curiosity. I can really hear that in everything you say. So beautiful. And the openness that that comes with. And I, I want to point that out because I feel a lot of people, it's hard to let go of the idea of control. It's hard to let go and to feel into that openness. It feels like a free fall for some people mm -hmm. and um, to hear the comfort and the joy that you receive from that place is really lovely. So thank you for sharing that part. Yeah. Thank you uh, for reflecting that back to me as well. Mm. 
Well, I love that because as you being a manifester and me being a projector, there's this really perfect synergy in human design. So <laughs> I was excited to hear that. I was like, oh, yay. I love that. Uh, and I told you, I have another friend who I collaborate with a lot. Her name's Helia and she's also a manifester mm -hmm. and um, just knowing how well that works. So I was excited to talk to you about that. Yeah, me too. And even uh, finding out that you were that you are <laughs> an yeah. Andromedan as well felt so good for me as well. Mm. Because I find that I wish there was more information from people uh, speaking about them. Um, and it gave me a clue to this pull that mm -hmm. I had towards you. Yeah. as a projector and as an Andromedan so it just felt so energetically correct yes right <laughs> I love that I know you know um having that energetic signature of Andromeda is really interesting and it does it's it's I can't really describe it which is not doing justice to what you just said which is that you want to hear more about it <laughs> I'm like, mm, it's just this experience. It's an experience of an energy. And everybody listening is going, hmm. <laughs> right. Or maybe they're saying, yes, it is an experience of an energy. And it's it really is a signature. You know, there's a mm. signature. Other people who I've met who feel that connection with Andromeda, who have received that information about themselves, there really is some sort of, there's a yes in there you know yes absolutely <laughs> oh my gosh and I think there's a lot of um like fullness it feels like it's so much to contain um that's been my experience with the Andromedans um and I've also connected to the Andromedan dolphins and that's mm. the type of intergalactic soul retrieval journey that I do is with the dolphins from Andromeda oh I love that. Hold on. Let me just show you this. People who are listening can't see it. <laughs> Dolphins have played a role. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm like missing a fin. This is something that a friend found and brought home when she was living with me. So it's, so for those of you listening, it's this wooden dolphin with the fins kind of broken off and it's just, wow. there's mm -hmm. a lot of significance for dolphins for me. So we'll have to talk about that at some point. We'll just to be continued. Maybe I'll have you on again or, you know, yeah, something wow. like that. So have you heard of that album uh, where they say, the shamans say, life is a dream of the dolphins. Oh, I'll send you that song wow, and I'll put yes. it in the show notes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> because it, it really interrelates so many things that you said with, um, you know, shamanism, the dolphins yeah. and the Oh, multiple levels there. So yeah. I would love that. Thank you. Well, thank you. So I would love to share, how can people get in touch with you? Yeah. So, uh, people can go onto my website, a wave of light.com, or, um, they can check me out on Instagram at a wave of light. Uh, and you can reach me on there. 
Really wonderful. Thank you so much, Vanessa. And thank you for sharing everything you do. I'm very excited to have people hear all about you and get in touch with you. And I'm excited to be connected to you as well. So thanks for being here. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode today. Would you like to learn how to verbally channel for yourself? Join the True Creator Channeling Community. The True Creator Channeling Community is a monthly membership program, and through this program, you will receive experiential understanding of the practice of verbal channeling and opening your ultrasensory abilities. We meet weekly online in group coaching calls to learn about channeling and to practice clairvoyance, channeling, and other skills. Your membership includes the complete Learn to Channel course with over 35 videos of learning content and guided meditations, weekly group channeling practice calls as guided by Allison Holly and the TCC team, a monthly group energy clearing session, and a community forum for connecting with other channelers and sharing your experience. This community forum is private and not on Facebook. Access to the full library of past collective channeling circles and community calls are also available to you when you join this community. I'd love to have you in there. Head over to allisonholly.com to join now.